Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast midweek show coming at you. In full effect, like we do each and every Wednesday, giving you the realest and shrillest in boxing talk. Now, this week we got a little showcase type of weekend, Swift Saturday, I'm going to call it. I didn't want to name the show Swift Saturday too quickly. We'll see if we'll name it that on Sunday because we've got two Swifts fighting non-title fights on Saturday night on Showtime, that being Danny Swift Garcia and Jared Swift Heard. Now, both of these guys trying to make a comeback in the game. Well, not really a comeback per se when it comes to Danny Garcia, but, you know, Danny Garcia, guy looking for some belts, um, you know, putting in, about to try to put in some more work at Barclay. I think said he's got the most fights in Barclay. I think I even heard that he opened the Barclays up uh, back in 2012 or something like that. <clears throat> so, you know, we got him fighting this weekend. On the undercard, we've got Jared Hurd, Jared Swift Hurd, you know, coming off a devastating loss to a guy a devastating upset loss to be a fact to a guy who just got upset, J-Rock Williams. So we got him fighting. Hopefully I can get a, get this little sound bite in of this guy because, you know, he rubs me the wrong way. But that's neither here nor there. And to open the night off, we've got the only championship fight, uh, but it's for the other belt, the IBO belt, Stephen Fulton. You know, up and coming guy putting on putting uh putting this IBO build up. So we got, you know, a little showcase action on Showtime this weekend. But like we learned when was that a couple of weeks ago, you never know when it comes to these showcases what can go wrong, especially in the sport of boxing, man. So, you know, we got that to talk about. We got a little Canelo news in the air. You know, Canelo making big moves, big international moves. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of what I hear when it comes to what Canelo's need to do to build that brand to super-duper mega star status. I like what I'm seeing here. And also, we got a little news on the upset king of 2019. The upset king, meaning that he pulled the upset of the year, and then he made everybody else upset in the rematch. We got a little Andy Ruiz Jr. news. So, yeah, like I said, we're out here, out here in 
the wonderful Houston, Texas, uh, Manville, Texas, to be exact, a little south. Uh, you know, a little cool weather, 60, 65, uh, high in the daytime. You know, I think we're probably around like 50, 55 at night, a little cool, cooling down. It's wintertime. Um, probably be the coldest couple of months, uh, coldest couple of weeks, not months, couple of weeks in, in Texas, you know with that global warming and all that going down. But, yeah, man, not a lot to talk about, you know, especially with these fights, especially with these picks. You know, there should be showcases, so may not be that long of a show today, but we're going to get into it. And with that said, let's take it to the guys that helped me make this happen. You know, the dream team, the supreme team, you know, um, so first, we're going to take it to my guy, guy we started this with out there in Central Valley, California, guy who has, if you haven't noticed, has changed his life around. You know, that's at least that's what he's been saying. You know, he, um, even though he's up to his same shenanigans on IG, tagging me on uh, pictures of women that got the peach sign in their caption, which means they got a booty, but they're turning around and I see no booty at all. And RC's like uh, fireworks, you know, all kinds of craziness. You never know when it comes to this guy, RC. He likes some pancake flat. But that's neither here nor there. I want to take it to my guy, my main man out there in Central California, RC. RC, uh, what's popping, man? <laughs> hey, let me get some rants, baby. Yeah, I'll be fine. Hey, my bad. I'm over here in and out right now. Something you don't know. Never know nothing about with that bullshit. What oh, you got in and out out here? No, nah, whatever you guys got in Texas, that water burger, I ain't messing with it. Shout out to Carmen Vargas, my, my Latina spice out there in, the, in 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 Houston, Texas. Real Houston, Texas, not Manville. But hey, look, man, I'm over here chilling right now. You guys caught me at a bad time because, look, I'm not going to lie to nobody. I'm not going to lie to the, 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 the listeners. Shout out to the 13K. not going to lie to anybody. But, look, old Uncle R.C., he's been drinking tonight. I'm not going to lie about it. But guess what? We got some topics to talk about tonight. And one thing that I hope we have in the description will be the flu-like symptoms that has been putting out in, in China where Jose Ramirez, my guy, my guy, ain't coming through with that bullshit. So we might see Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor sooner rather than later. But nonetheless, you know, I'm over here in the Challenger pool tank of gas, you know, less than 60,000 miles in this bitch right now. On my way home, I'm, I'm about to be over here in like two minutes. So it was a, uh, it was a, uh, you know, kind of a unexpected day coming on Thursday. We were supposed to do it yesterday, but you know, it's whatever, whatever. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Willis, for me, brother, 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 I'm a one. Days are over with. Walking with the Lord. You ever heard the song Jesus Walks with Kanye West? I don't fuck with Kanye West, but that's what I'm on right now. But I tell you what it is, and what it's gonna be. Animal style, like I like my fights, like I like my women, like I like my football. Animal style. When they asked me what I want to eat right now, I said, "Let me get a burger right now with no onions 
and they ask what kind of fries you want. And I tell them the same thing I tell anybody else. You know how I want my fries? The same way I want my women. Animal style. And that's that. Well, there you have it, RC, out there on that uh, drinking and driving tip. Hopefully, we're going to pray for it that he makes it home, saying that he's walking with the Lord, um, likes his fried animal style, whatever the hell that means. Out here in, down south, we don't do in and out even though in and out they got a few in and outs here and there. People try to make it crunk. You know, we got a lot of transplants come to Houston, you know, they uh, so they brung that, that BS down here. Uh, in and out burger. I had it out when I was first out there in Cali. Super trash. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's take it a little further south to my guy. Hey, man. Host Lou. All right, no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Okay. RC with the super high voice, man. It sounded like Richard Pryor for a second, man. Hey, man, RC, who is that chick that you, uh, that she tagged me on, dog, that has that said peaches, which usually means butts, but she turned around and all it was was flapjacks. Who was that? Man, I forgot who that was, but brother, you, Willa, you must like them balloon type, like, come on, man. Like, if you, if you, no, I like something. I like a little pop. At least give me a little pop. It don't have to be big, but at least give me something. Oh, at least oh, a oh, lowercase Willa, that was my girl. That was my that was my girl Alexa Bliss when when motherfucker was talking about her booty. Like, hey, come on now, don't play me like that. Yeah, that was trash. And I'm over here at my house right now, so I ain't drinking and driving. <laughs> so, allegedly, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> that's Willa. how I felt when I saw that booty, man. Hey, Willa, get it out Willa, of here. You must. Well, are you on that triple X type shit if you on that? Like, come on, brother. Come on. Let's be real now. Alexa, listen that thing. Come on, bro. No. Yeah. No. Come on, man. That's what th- this should be a segment of come on, man. That's how I felt when I got tagged on that. Though. I need a little more pop. At least give me a lowercase P, not this just straight L. That was just the L straight, straight down L, L back. Like, come on, brother. You could do, you know, they could fold up the cheeks as nice as they want, get the pant, get the, uh, the, the shorts real tight on the legs, so it looks like they got a little hump back there. But you just gotta look from the side, L backs. But that's neither here nor there. Like I said, let's take it to the host of the Relatively Fat and Black podcast, my man, out there in Inglewood. You know, probably up to no good, like they like to say. Let's take it to my boy, Heavy Handed Jay. AKA JP. JP, what's popping, man? Man, ain't nothing. Um, Wednesday? No, where are we at? Friday, Junior. Friday, Junior. My one of my favorite days. You know, back when I was a younger lad, I would begin to party around these times. And um, you know, yeah, man, happy it's Thursday. Going into Fridays, in the week strong. Um, as far as boxing goes, we got DSG back in the ring. Excited for that. And uh, let's get to it, fellas. Well, definitely. Let's go ahead and get to it, man. Like you said, we've got – this is one of those weekends where there's only one one platform with boxing going on this weekend, and that happens to be Showtime. You know, uh, Showtime has been putting in a lot of work, it seems like, uh, starting off the new year. Um, I heard an interview with the um, 
on, I think it was the boxing voice with the main guy for Showtime Boxing. And he said, you know, they're going to be real strategic. You know, football is uh, closing down. So, you know, before that, the playoffs, basketball playoffs start, and before football ramps back up, you know, they're going to be hitting us with a lot of, uh, with a lot of boxing, man. And so far they've been doing it. Um, so this weekend we got, like JP said, we got Danny Swift Garcia, DSG in a W, what is that? A WBC? Let me make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. The WBC welterweight eliminator against Ivan Red Catch. Now, this should be pretty much even work. Uh, Danny Garcia, 35-2, and two, been putting in work for a long time against uh, Red Catch, who's 23-4. Uh, uh, Danny Garcia, 31 years of age. You know, time to make his move. Coming off a win, knockout win of Adrian Granados, you know, before that, back um, where he only fought one time last year, you know, supposedly was supposed to be fighting Earl Spence, I believe, in February of this year, January, February of this year, before, you know, the unfortunate accident that happened with Earl Spence Jr. Hope he gets well soon. We'll see how that goes. But Danny Garcia, you know, I think he's a two-division champion yes definitely he's a two division champion um you know lost his w well he lost his his uh wbc belt or his w i think he might i think he had the wbc belt lost his wbc belt to keith thurman um was gonna fight for it again to sean porter uh but lost that one too with the unanimous decision so the last couple of big fights danny garcia's been on they've been close fights uh, Keith Thurman was a was a real close one. I, I thought he lost both fights. I think RC thinks he uh, might have won both fights, but they, they were pretty close fights against top competition. But he came on the bad side of both of those with Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. So Danny Garcia is trying to climb his way back into the championship, you know, to the championship limelight. Supposedly, you know, he was going to do that with the fight against Earl Spence. You know, after Earl Spence came off the fight with Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, um, did he jump in the ring with Sean Porter? Yeah, he d- jumped in the ring against uh, after Earl Spence beat uh, beat Sean Porter in a close fight, a fight of the year candidate. Um, thought he saw something, was ready to make that make that happen, but he didn't get to make it happen. So he has to take a step back and fight Ivan Reddit, Red Catch. I think that's probably how you say his name. Um, this guy, power puncher, 23 and 4, 18 KOs. He's fought the guys. He uh, He's coming off the win <laughs> of uh, Devin, Devin Alexander. Um, gave Devin Alexander an ass whooping back in 2000. What is that? Back in June of 2019. Remember seeing that fight. Was wondering why Devin Alexander. I think Devin Alexander was highlighting that event on Fox Sports 1, and we were just wondering how the hell that was happening. Devin Alexander got his ass whooped. Um, this guy's fought 
uh, Tevin Farmer, uh, Devin Alexander, uh, lost to John Molina Jr., lost to Tevin Farmer, of course. Um, you know, so this guy, he he's not a – He's not a bum per se. You know, none of these guys are bums, even though we like to give him that title. Not, and when I say we, I like that, that's pretty much me. He's not Dude. a bum per se. Yeah, me. But this could, this should probably be easy work for Danny Garcia, who's still looking into getting that Earl Spence fight or maybe even the Manny Pacquiao fight, both southpaws. So, of course, he made the smart decision to fight uh, Ivan Reddick, Red Catch. Uh, you know, another southpaw power puncher to see what he got. Ivan uh, came out, I think, in the first press conference. He had the red hair. Uh, today he had the yellow hair. Danny said he looked like a lemon drop, which was very suspect. Said he ain't had sweets in a while, but but Ivan's over there looking like a lemon drop. <laughs> oh no, oh no, Danny. You know, Danny sounded real suspect on that one. But uh, you know, this should be. This should be easy. this should be easy work for Danny Garcia. I'm low key a Danny Garcia fan. Like I always say when it comes to Danny Garcia, he's a B plus in everything except heart and chin and that hook. A pluses. So he's got that heart, he's got the chin, and he's got that hook. So he can stand in there with everybody. Counter puncher, Danny Garcia. It's pretty good. I don't think he's the best, but he's pretty good. So he should be able to beat this guy, uh, Red Catch, and um, you know, hopefully he doesn't take a take a L like we saw J Rock Williams do last week. Cause you, you know you never know. But this guy, it's a little, they're they're almost about the same size. It look like Reddick's been knocking people out. Let's see, he's coming off of two back to back KOs, not TKOs, KOs, sleepies. Um, unanimous decision against Brian Jones, and he last time he lost was 2017 against uh, John Molina Jr., who's you know who's a super gatekeeper. So should be easy work, man. Not too much to say. Looking forward to Danny Garcia to seeing exactly what he can do since he hasn't been in the ring um, in a while since uh almost a year since four what is that april junior february march april yeah since april of 19 420 in fact um one of my favorite days of the year 420 last year um mm, Adrian, uh, 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 just because you know religious reasons uh but granados knocked him out so we'll see what danny garcia has in store like i said i'm thinking easy work uh let me before I go to RC, let me see how many times my man's been knocked out. Reddick's been knocked out two times. John Molina Jr. knocked him out. So I'm looking for Danny Garcia to knock him out in probably the mid-rounds. So, yeah, looking for Danny Garcia knockout in the sixth round. Let's take it to one of DSG's best supporters, top supporters, my guy RC. RC, your boy's back, finally. Not the top, not the best of competition, not the best of fights, but we get to see DSG headline again in, you know, what he likes to call his second home, the Barclay Center. How do you see this one going, man, and uh, break it down for us and let us know how you feel about Danny Swift Garcia. Well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, brother, 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 brother. 
we just need to stop all this, man. We need to stop it. We need to cut it out. Like, Ivan Redcast is not a bum. He's very skilled. I'm not going to lie. I'll tell you, he's very skilled. Don't don't judge a character as far as when it says don't judge a book by its cover. If it came down to it and Ivan Redcast had to fight me, I would beat the shit out of him. Just being real. So when Danny comes into this one, hey, money on the books, money to the grave, whatever it is, it's going to be what it's meant to be. And what's going to happen is Danny's going to whoop his ass. Because let's not forget, Danny was supposed to fight Spence in January, right? Before Spence got in his car accident and all that good stuff. So this is just a, you know, whenever y'all go to the mall and you see those little bumps in the road, like, okay, we'll go over this one real quick. That's what that's going to be. Danny's going to whoop his ass. And I expect nothing less than a fourth-round knockout. I'll give him a couple rounds because Danny, you know, he'll work him out, whatever. But, hey, this is just a, a stepping stone. And I think Danny's going to put him out early, take care of business, and do what he got to do. I think that because people forget that Red Cab was supposed to be Broner's opponent before Broner magically retired, which is not a complete bum or not a, a worse name than uh, uh, Alec Verdia when Broner messed with him in Cincinnati. So it's going to be an opposition that's not necessarily an A-game opponent, but it's going to be a B-worthy. So, hey, man, look, it's the Danny Garcia show. When it comes to Barkley at that, he's going to take care of him. And what Danny said earlier is I'm going to take care of this one, and I'm going to fight one more time at 147, and I'm moving up to 154. So, what that means to me is, is Danny's going to win this fight and he's going to fight either Manny Pacquiao or he's going to fight um, I don't know. It definitely ain't going to be Uga. And if it, it's not going to be one of those guys because they don't belong in the ring with Danny Garcia. Sometimes people don't deserve to fight. So when you bless him, you bless him. And I think Danny's going to take care of business. And by the time this fight's over with, it's going to go from yellow to red. So Danny's going to piece him out, do what it do, one more fight at 147, and moving on up to bigger and better things. So final prediction for me, fourth round TKO by Danny Garcia. And on the bigger and better things. And that's that. Like, there's, there's no point around it. So we'll take care of that. And look, I know people think of me as being a Danny Garcia public defender, but it's not even that. When the business comes to it, the paws get put into place. And when paws get into place, we know what Danny Garcia has done. Name me a better welterweight with a resume like Danny Garcia. Hey, he lost technically to Sean Porter, but we know what time it is. Sean didn't win that fight when it comes to Thurman. Unanimous decision. yeah, you know, Split hey, decision. hey, politics, brother, politics, brother. When it comes to when it comes to to Thurman, he ran around for nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Man, I'm telling you, Danny Garcia is the cream of the crop, and is going to continue to be that. But we can't leave it in the judges' hands no more, man. We can't. 
Shout out to Eric Mendez. His wife who's who's hooked me up with a signed hat and all that good stuff that I have posted on IG. That I've I've hooked I've gave little baby Millie, my little niece, a hat. Shout out to DSG. Much love. But I'm telling you right now, Willa, this point in time, particularly speaking, Danny Garcia is gonna put on a show. Much like I said against Adrian Granados. Everyone's like, oh, Adrian Granados is tough. He's tough. He he went 12 rounds with Bronner. DSG put his ass up. So, say what you want to say. But DSG is going to do what DSG does. And what he does is put guys out. And I expect nothing less than this. I have a red cat. You're good. You're, you, know, you, you know, much respect for being a B player. Being one of those guys. Being a bump in the road. All that good stuff. What's going to happen is what's meant to happen. And what's meant to happen is this is going to be a bump in the road that we walk right over. Take care of business. He's going to be out of there within four rounds, in my personal opinion. If I'm speaking on the outside perspective, I think that he will be out of there in six rounds. But I'm sticking to what I say. And what I say is he will not last more than four rounds. And I think Danny gets out of there clean and take care of business. And we'll see who's next. Because whoever wants next, hey, line up. So I got DSG in four. And anybody else disagrees with that, good luck. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, I'm not sure why you were attacking me. Because you said from an outside uh, perspective, um, you had him in six. And that's exactly what I said. Didn't say Red uh, Catch was a bum. Um, I said he wasn't Don't a bum. Don't call him a bum. He ain't a bum. Yeah, I didn't. I said he wasn't a bum. I said I call people bums. I'm not going to call this guy a bum, you know, even though none of them are bums. But he definitely isn't a bum, man. So, you know, I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm with you on Danny Garcia. So no need to attack me. Calm down. Calm down, eat your monster-style fries, whatever the hell that means. What's that got chili on it, chili and cheese? Animal style. Is that what they call it? Animal style. Yeah, what does that mean? Chili and cheese? Uh, what, extra grease? I don't even know what the hell that is. But. <laughs> nah, animal style. Animal style means that it's like it's, it's, it's Thousand Island sauce with some with some peppers on that bitch. So animal style is that. So, uh, yeah, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm on, hey. Let and relish. Just, y'all, y'all got ketchup no, and mayonnaise no, no, on, no, your, no, on, on your fries. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's exactly no what that thousand dollars is ketchup and mayonnaise. So get out of here. Ain't no ketchup in there. Ain't no ketchup in there. Just a little FYI for everybody out there wondering. Oh, RC is over at like 172 right now. So all I got to do is lose 12 more before I can get in there with Triple G. So, and that's what it is. Uh, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't want to see you go to sleep, man. But speaking of sleep, well, I don't know why I said that. Let him sleep you by my man. Let's take it to JP, see how he sees it. Sounded like he was a little excited to catch out, uh, check this DSG um, fight out. JP, man, how do you see this fight going? We got Danny Swift Garcia against this boy Ivan Reddick. I'm pretty sure. I'm not looking at his box rec right now. I should be, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's probably Ivan the Terrible, you know, because that's pretty easy to do. I'm going to look that up while you're telling us how you see the fight. I mean, 
pretty pretty sure we all see the fight the same way. But how do you see Danny Gar? How do you see the fight, and how do you see Danny Garcia, you know, rising up in the ranks? How do you feel about Danny Garcia's career at this time? Well, well, I gotta ask first. What's the the version of In and Out out there in Texas? What's what's you guys In and Out? Our best burger. What a burger! Yeah, what a burger. That's Water probably burger. the best burger okay. we got. We got out here. Okay, what a burger! I've seen that. I've seen that. All right, fair enough. I, I think um, you know, what a burger is probably a nice, big, thick, you know, beef burger, and the quality of the beef is that or the other. I think In and Out has kind of cornered its own market as far as like it's not like a big burger. It's it's like it's more of a taste thing with In and Out. So it's not like burger quality. It's its own thing. So it, it's not like quality, you know, restaurant type burger. It's it's its own thing. Uh anyway, anyway. Red Catch Garcia, I don't know anything about Red Catch. I don't know anything about him. So what I expect is this is uh, pretty much a showcase versus what sounds to be a formidable opponent. Um, but a showcase nonetheless to progress things in the way we want them to progress as far as the matchups go. Um, I assume this is somewhat of a stay-busy fight until we can position Danny where we want him to be um, versus who we want him to be fighting. As for Danny, I, I had an interesting thought. And so that's it, though. Let me just say that I, I assume Danny will get him out of there by seven. Uh, I got it in seven, um, even though I don't know anything about Red Catch. I don't expect this to be a, a, a tough fight by any stretch of the imagination. But, again, we all remember Mauricio Herrera, who we didn't expect to be a tough fight versus Garcia. So, um, interesting thing about Danny. So if we talk about that first class of – PBC um, young fighters that were groomed to become stars that now are arguably stars. Let's talk about that class of fighter, that being Errol Spence, uh, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, and Danny Garcia. That was kind of the the foursome PBC had and was the the format, the landscape of the welterweight division. Um, Now all of those guys um, are notable names. However, they've all not all of them have fought each other, but they've all scuffled and been in good fights. But the one guy, when the smoke clears right now, you know, Errol, you know, we don't even know if he'll ever be Errol Spence again. Uh, Keith Thurman, you know, he didn't got with that virgin and has never looked the same since. Sean has been in wars. You know, Sean is, you know, a fighter who's been fighting. And the guy who's kind of sitting here waiting seemed to be primed and probably really good and big and strong at welterweight right now, is Danny Garcia. Now, I think Danny Garcia right now is primed and ready to make a good run at whoever, at whoever right now. Um, I think he's really big and strong at the division, um, probably bulging at the seams to get to 154. But still making weight, he's kept a professional lifestyle. He hasn't had any drastic change in lifestyle like Keith Thurman. Um, the only other guy that you'd argue in that in that class, you know you have um, Manny Pacquiao there and, of course, um, Terrence Crawford on the other side who who over, hasn't taken much damage over there either, but you could argue the guys he's been fighting isn't keeping them sharp enough compared to the guys these guys fighting over at PBC. So 
I think uh, Danny Garcia has been handled well. Him and Angel have been patient. You know, they kind of, you know, just staying there, staying there, staying in the light, getting the wins, being competitive when it's a big fight. And I think he's primed and ready, man. And I think, you know, somebody's going to have to give it up. Somebody's going to have to give it up. You know, Arrow, we don't know what he's going to be. Uh, Pacquiao Garcia sounds good to me. So I think 2020, if we don't see Danny in something big, it will lead to something in the first quarter of 2021 being big for Danny. And um, I'm excited about, you know, Danny right now. You know, this is as, as excited I've been about Danny since I've seen him put time away. I, I'm excited for the prospects. I'm excited for the, you know, at least what I think he is right at this moment. So that's what I got to say about that. All right, there you have it, man. I think we're all seeing it the same way. Uh, KO, I don't know if it's going to be easy work. You brought up Mauricio Herrera. Remember that? Remember Danny trying to act like he was Puerto Rican, even though, you know, he's probably never spent a day in Puerto Rico his life going down there and getting worked by Mauricio Herrera and getting them gifts. Danny Gifts Garcia is what I was calling him for a while just to, you know, pick at RC a little bit. But, yeah, I like uh, Garcia. I want to see exactly what he's got. 31 years of age, it's, it's time for him to start to make that little second, you know, push at the championship. And he was supposed to have a shot uh, with Earl Spence, but now, you know, just taking a little a little breather, red catch, southpaw, like I said, and he's getting ready for the two southpaws with the belts, Earl Spence or Manny Pacquiao. But let's go ahead and take it a little more north on the west coast out there to our brother, you know, a guy who – who we appreciate calling in and appreciate getting on with us. Um, my man, Seattle son. Hey, we're over here talking, uh, just started talking about this Garcia red catch fight. Um, I'm pretty sure we all see it the same way, man, but we want to know uh, first how you feel about the fight. Uh, are you excited for the fight? Will you be checking it out? And also how do you feel about Danny Garcia and will he be able to make that next? Do you feel he'll be able to make, make that next push to be a, um, two-time welterweight champion. What's up, Sam? What's going on, man? Yeah, man. Uh, am I excited about this fight? That was your question. Absolutely not. There's no reason to be excited. But I'm also logical, and I understand what's going on here, so I'm not going to sit here and call out Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia had agreed to fight Errol Spence this weekend. If you notice, this weekend is the the week you know the weekend before the Super Bowl. So this was a prime time slot. You know, no football going on. Basketball is kind of in its slow part of the year, and there's really nothing else going on. So this would have been a great weekend for Errol Spence, Danny Garcia. Now we look back on it, but unfortunately. Arrow got in that accident, so it wasn't able to happen. But that's what we were supposed to see, which would have been a great matchup. Uh, I even said it at the time. I didn't like the fight because I would prefer a unification or a rematch with Porter. But I also acknowledge that I don't think Danny Garcia would have been a cakewalk for Errol Spence. Style-wise, a lot of people think Errol Spence would have destroyed him or all this. I look at it differently. I would have favored Errol. But I also 
look at Errol's style in which he's a guy that likes to, you know, come at you and try to chop you down, those are the type of guys Danny Garcia likes because Danny's sturdy and he can punch. So I think it would have been a very good fight. We might – it's got pushed – it might might be getting pushed back now. Maybe we see it next. You know, Danny already said on the last broadcast that he'll take either one between Manny and uh, Errol next, just send the contract. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I personally – I'm starting to believe that it's going to be Manny and Errol next. You know, I've been thinking this for a while. I mentioned it on the show in the past, just connecting the dots with the landscape of the welterweight division. That's the fight I do think it's gonna ha- that's going to happen. But but if not, I have, whatever, you know, you can give me Danny versus Spence or Danny versus Manny. But this fight will not go past five rounds. I expect a highlight, real-type stoppage, KO, whatever you want to call it, early, and you know, five rounds or less, red catch. Um, uh, you know, okay fighter, but, you know, just, I mean, he lost, think about this for a second. He got stopped at 135 pounds by... Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but Dejan, the midget that got slept by Mikey. Think about that. Now he's fighting at 147 against Danny Garcia. You know? Come on. We know what's going to happen here. He's also been stopped by John Molina. So we know what it is. You know, it's going, you know, hey, but I'm not mad at it. You know, he's going to get a nice knockout in, get a fight in, and... It is what it is, but anybody expecting a great fight, don't be, don't be, don't be, uh, don't fool yourself, man. This is a showcase, but hey, it was supposed to be a showcase last week, so hey, anything's possible. But, um, you know, uh, Danny, you know, um, I heard some of the things JP said. I disagree when he said, like, the welterweights, uh, like, the crop of welterweights that they're building up. To me, the crop that was you know, the guy, I wouldn't even call them all welterweights, but PBC for a while was trying to push Broner, Garcia, Porter, Thurman. Spence came along a little bit later because he came out of the 2012 Olympic class and Spence just kind of caught up to them. And now he's arguably the bigger, biggest name out of all those guys. Probably, probably is the biggest name, but so, um, yeah, you know, those those four guys, they all kind of came up together. You know, I would, if you really think about it, Broner had the best chance to become the pay-per-view guy. He blew up by losing to Maidana and then never really recovering from that, never going back and fighting Maidana again and trying to get that win back. And then just he just kept losing. Everybody else kind of just never really got to the point where they became an enough of a crossover star, you know. Thurman had the momentum by beating Porter and Garcia, but then he got injured and other stuff happened. He just disappeared. Then he came back, didn't look good against Josecito, then he lost to Manny. Momentum's completely gone. Danny Garcia could have had it, but he lost both of those fights against, um, you know, uh, Porter and Thurman. Now, Porter beat Garcia, 
but he lost to Kell Brook, Keith, and Errol. So, you know, if Errol can get back to his stuff back together, which, you know, I hope he does, you know, uh, but nothing Errol Spence has shown me since he won the world title tells me I should put any faith in him outside of the ring, like what he's doing in between fights. But if he can somehow get start getting his stuff back together, then he's obvi- the obvious guy, especially if he gets a uh, Manny Pacquiao fight next and he can win that fight. But right now, I think it's up in the air, you know, so – and maybe if he if Danny Garcia gets the Spence fight, maybe he can a- upset the apple cart, beat Spence, become unified champion, and now he's the guy. No, I mean, yeah, I feel you on that, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not excited. When I asked you where we were you excited, I didn't really mean more or as if you were, like, excited. Nobody's really excited for this fight. This definitely is a big fight, but just interested in seeing exactly what Garcia has. You know, we haven't seen him in almost a year, just but interested in seeing him. But I agree with you. Uh, we, we tend to forget about Broner. Broner was the face of PBC boxing for for a second that we 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 uh, we forget about him the way he sort of just fell off the scene. In fact, I think the other day he was on IG asking people to send him five dollar cash apps. I don't know what that's all about, man. But yeah, my man Broner, he fell all the way off. But yeah, Danny Garcia has a chance. Um, you're right. I'd rather see the unification fight uh, between Manny and um, and Earl and. Uh, but if I got to see Danny do it, I'll definitely check Danny out because I believe Danny is, you know, one of the best welterweights in the game. You know, uh, JP was talking about, he said he's uh, our, I don't know if that was JP, I think that was RC saying he's talking about stepping up to super welterweight or junior middleweight, whatever whatever you want to call it, uh, 54. You know, I don't know if he wants, I don't know if he wants any of that action, man. I think he's a little bit, too slow. Well, Danny, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he wants that action. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see him get a get a title shot with one of these guys. Hopefully, nothing crazy happens this weekend. But you're right, man. Uh, Reddick is coming after losing. Uh, you know, a smaller guy coming up, and that's that's the kind of setup Showtime is giving us this weekend because um, the next fight that we're going to talk about, um, Jared Hurd. A.K.A. Still, Mister, get that bag, yeah, 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 yeah. The corniest nigga alive to me. Uh, he's about to fight a little small dude that was uh, begging to fight at welterweight. Francisco Santana, uh, twenty-five and seven. Um, you know, Jared Hurd is the former unified super welterweight champion coming off of one of the biggest upsets of last year. Not the biggest, only Andy Ruiz saved him, you know, with that Joshua upset. But if it wasn't the Joshua upset, it would have been a, the biggest upset of 2019 when he lost um, two of his, you know, two real belts, one IBO belt against Julian Williams and a, beating that he took at the end, even though he was looking good at the beginning, beating he took at the end. This is a big guy, a big dude. Uh, I'm interested in seeing exactly where Jared Hurd is. Now, this guy, uh, Francisco Santana, um, 
He's coming off a loss to Abel Ramos. Not even sure who that is. They fought out there in Carson in in March. Um, he hasn't fought anybody of any name. I think I saw my man Saddam, uh, Saddam Ali give him that work back in the day uh, in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. What fight was that? Was that the – yo, that was Klitschko Jennings' fight. So, yeah, saw him fight against uh, Ali, got got manhandled against Ali. Little small dude going in with big Jared Hurd. Uh, Jared Hurd's a, a bully, um, a guy who I think doesn't have super skills, but he has size and determination. Well, we used to think he had determination until he fought Julian Williams and got broke down. But uh, – you know, a guy who uses his size to to beat up on little guys. And at the press conference, this guy, Francisco Santana, was very, you know, nice to Jared Hurd, kept on thanking him for the being able to get the fight, and but kept on throwing hints that he was too small to be fighting, kept on saying stuff like, you know, if you want to fight at 147, I'd love to do that, uh, you know, if we can just get a little lighter weight. So letting us know that this guy's about to get a beating. Um, and this is probably going to be a bad beat. And this is the kind of fights that we're seeing. Like uh, Sime said, Danny Garcia is fighting a little guy. And so Jared Hurd is fighting a little guy. Now, last time my man got slept was in, let's see, when he gets slept. Last time he got slept was, uh, he only got, he only lost one time by going to sleep. And that was in 2009. So I'm looking for another showcase fight. We don't know exactly where Jared Hurd is, but and I want to see where he is because I think his size and his ability to make 154 seems like, you know, he's not looking crazy when he's when he's in the weigh-ins. It looks like he's able to make it pretty easily. Um, young dude, 29 years old. So I want to see how he can uh how he can bounce back after that dramatic loss to J-Rock Williams, um, who, you know, ironically started this year off as the upset of the year, losing, um, what was that, last weekend, two weekends ago. So this isn't going to show us anything. Um, I'm not as excited. Well, not a, like I said, not not using the word excited. I'm not looking forward to this, to see this fight as much as I'm looking forward to see the DSG fight. But I do believe the same as Danny Garcia that uh, Swift Hurd can be a major player at 154 if he can get his confidence back. I think he uh, he switched trainers. Um, he said he switched it up. He's out there training in Colorado now. Um, so we'll see exactly what he has. This fight will not show us anything, I don't believe. I believe this fight is going to end a little earlier, him fighting the guy, asking to fight at welterweight, you know, begging to fight at welterweight already. Uh, is letting me know that this is going to be some easy work, easy showcase, and we're probably looking. Hurd doesn't have knockout power, so I would say about the same thing. Hurd isn't knocking people out. He's just beating them up. So I will say this guy gets beat up, and he's probably out around the same time, a six-round TKO uh, win for for Jared Hurd. Nothing spectacular, just the beating of this guy, and uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing exactly what he has to offer in the future. Uh, JP, anything on this fight? Um, pretty sure, like the first fight, we all see this one the same way. 
but exactly how do you feel about Jared Hurd? Do you think he'll be able to bounce back and become a championship contender at 154 after the devastating beating he got from J-Rock, Julian Williams? Uh, you know, that's, that's the question, right? Is he going to be able to mentally rebound from, you know, losing to J-Rock when all the momentum, you know, people were starting to say, you know, this is the Margarito. This is, you know, whoever else the, the, the big giant of a division has been over the years. But um, I never was overly impressed with Hurd. I just felt like he was a big dude who was durable, but was taking fucking shots like hell. And Lara was maybe a round away from beating him. And the old uh, Arizlandi Lara at that. So, you know, for Hurd, man, to me, he has to sharpen up on his defensive skills. You just can't be getting punched in the face like that. I don't care if you can take it. Your brain is your brain. Head trauma is head trauma. Whether you go down or not, you don't need to be taking that many flush shots to the head. And um, that's a concern with Hurd for me. Uh, has to get, has to be able to punch better. For a dude that big, it doesn't even seem like he knows how to get proper leverage on punches or anything like that. So I think there's still a lot of work that can be done with Jared Hurd, and I'm glad to hear that he changed up his trainer because, like I'm saying, there's a lot of things that can be worked on with Jared Hurd. Um, sadly, sadly for him, the loss to J-Rock looks even worse now because J-Rock goes out and loses to um, Jason Rosario, a guy who wasn't really on any of our radar as far as um, being being one of those guys. So that makes Jared Hurd's loss to J-Rock look even worse. So a lot of questions to be answered. I think a good grudge match if uh, Hurd gets out of this fight like we think he will, him and J-Rock. That would be a great rebound fight. I think that uh, kind of sets up well for both, and that'll put both right back, you know, in position to challenge for a title. So, you know, not overly high on expectations when it comes to herd. I just don't believe a guy who lacks that that much technique, doesn't have power, and is strictly relying on being durable and just kind of overwhelming you in the late rounds. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So, but nonetheless, you know, it's gonna be some. It's gonna be in some good fights because you you can beat him up, but you're gonna have to beat him up. You know, he he's coming, and you don't have to put them hands on him. And um, and if he's better able to improve on his defense and learn how to slip some punches, move his head, then we got a much more formidable fighter who's gonna be really hard to get out of there. So, you know, excited about the future for Hurd also. Jared Hurd, the singing boxer, man. Sign, um, pretty sure we all feel the same way about this fight, but how do you feel about Jared Hurd? A guy who, you know, who's actually got some pretty decent wins. Uh, he's got a win over Ares Valenti Laura. He, uh, I think he was able to stop Trout. If I'm, uh, let me look at this box wreck. Was he able to stop Trout? Yeah, retired uh, Trout. Stop Tony Harrison. Um you know, he's got some pretty good wins on there. How do you feel about Jared Hurd in the future? And uh, I guess what do you feel about this fight, fighting little Francisco Santana? Um, yeah, I, I basically, you know, I, as far as, like, his strengths and weaknesses, I mean, 
I agree. I agree with y'all like on that. I mean, that's, you don't have to be a boxing ex- expert to, to see, watch Jared Hurst fight and know what he's good at or what he's, his strengths are and his weaknesses are. So that's, that's not really hard to uh, understand, you know, but he ain't the only, you know, he's not the only quote unquote uh, weight bully, you know, going on in boxing. So, but like you said, his, his, you know, his wins are, are really, really good. I mean, he stopped Austin Trout. Neither Charlo, who are called killers, came close to stopping Trout. Uh, he stopped Tony Harrison quicker than it took Charlo to do it, and he did it first. He he beat Laura. You know, I had I had Laura up going into the twelfth. He got dropped, and that was the difference. So his his resume is you know it's good no matter what you you know want to say. Now, maybe it caught up to him. All them shots he started taking to his head and all that. Maybe it finally caught up to him against Julian Williams because he looked, he just looked off. He didn't look like the same, uh, you know, uh, Jarrett Hurd. You know, at first glance, you could have said, oh, maybe just Julian Williams isn't, because Julian Williams is definitely bigger than Laura. Would you guys say Julian Williams is bigger than Tony Harrison also? From what you see on just on TV. Does he look like a bigger fighter than Tony Harrison? Yeah, 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 probably. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so maybe you know, at first glance, you could have said, "Oh, maybe Julian Williams is just not as he was able to deal with the physicality, you know, better, and that's why he just wasn't able to overwhelm him." Or it could have been that, you know, Jared Hurd is starting to because you know when you fight that style, your prime is short. You'll, you know, you'll be a bust off for a little bit, but then eventually it goes, you fall off a cliff quickly. You know what I mean? And that could have been it because like JP said, I mean, look at Julian Williams. Dude took him out, you know, five rounds. He was a huge, he was a 30 to one underdog, took him out in five rounds. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think anybody believes Julian Williams can win a rematch against dude. You know what I'm saying? And what does that dude have? that Jared Hurd has, a size advantage over Julian Williams also. So you got to look at it. Why couldn't Jared Hurd do that to Julian Williams? You know what I'm saying? But also Styles make fights. You know, he does seem like a more crisper puncher than Jared Hurd. Jared Hurd tends to, you know, more arm punches. You know, his punching, like his JP was saying, his punch technique is not the greatest. So that could have been it. He was, he really wasn't able to land anything big on Julian Williams the whole fight. And we know from what we've seen of Julian Williams, the chin is questionable, to say the least. So, yeah, there's a lot of different questions. Maybe maybe we get some answers this weekend. You talked about how he uh, Santana was saying he was small, right, at the press conferences, acting like he's a small dude. Well, yeah. if, San, if Santana starts giving him some rounds or giving him some trouble, That'll tell us, hey, maybe Hurd's on the, the back end of his career, you know? But I don't expect that to happen. I, heard, I think Hurd will do the same thing he always does, but do it a lot quicker. And then try try to uh, probably wait on what's going to happen with Julian Williams. Is Julian Williams going to take that rematch um, or not? And then, and then if not, uh, I think if he does take the rematch, I think he'll just wait for, to find out what happens with that. If he doesn't take the rematch, he'll he'll probably try to, you know, uh, 
maybe try to get in on like a Charlo fight or something or whatever, you know, I don't know. Cause I mean, I still would want to see that fight, even though, I mean, they both lost. I mean, now he came back and uh, uh, Charlo was able to come back and avenge it against um, Harrison heard, unfortunately, you know, somebody got to Williams before Hurd had a chance to get at him. So to me, it's fine by me. It's, I would love to see that fight, see how it how it play out. You know, could Hurd try to could Hurd walk down Charlo and try to you know just walk through Charlo? Or is Charlo's power going to be so much that he just knocks Hurd out? I don't know. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. But um, this weekend in general coming up, I don't think it's going to say a lot about Danny or Hurd. Only if neither, if 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 one or, one or the other or both don't look good. Like they're supposed to look good. They're supposed to be dominant. They're supposed to have a highlight reel stoppages. You know, if they don't, that's gonna tell us something's not. You know, something's not right with um, either or. No, I'm yeah, I'm with I'm 100 percent with you. Think this is supposed to be a showcase supreme. Um, both these guys are supposed to be looking good for their next fight, trying to make the big fight, and we'll see exactly. Uh, and both of them, I'm interested in seeing exactly where they can go because I think both of them have a chance to make some noise in their division. And if not make any noise, they can make some good fights against the champions in their division, man. But uh, the first fight of the night, man, is the guy, you know, uh, Stephen Fulton. Guy I saw a fight back in uh I think he was it was at the Earl Spence Ocampo uh uh debauchery that went down out there in Frisco, Texas. Um saw him fight, saw him knock a guy out, man, thought, you know, let me check this guy out. Uh haven't really seen him too much. He is the IBO super bantamweight champion. I think he's fighting in for a WBO eliminator against some guy, Arnold Kigia. I'm not really sure how to say his name. Straight Asian-looking guy from the Ukraine. Looks like he's straight from from uh, Asia, but, you know, how these Ukraine got, Ukrainian guys are looking. So he's from the Ukraine, Russian cat. Um, he's he's 16-0, and 0, one draw. Stephen Fulton is 17-0. and 0. Um, This is the only title fight uh, on the card. Like I said, it's for, you know, the W, not the WBO, the IBO, which is, you know, the fifth belt, nobody really cares about. But it's a 12-round fight, man. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. Hopefully I can catch it. Um, just to see. Stephen Fulton, he's uh, 20. I think he's like 24 or 5. Let me check. 25 years old, up-and-coming guy uh, from Philadelphia. Um, doesn't have a lot of knockouts. 17 wins, 8 knockouts, man. But I think he's he's all right. He's pretty good, man. Any y'all ha- any y'all have any um, interest in Stephen Fulton? Y'all think he's going to be all right? Y'all think he has a chance for any championship? Uh, hopes? Never heard of him. So, no, I've seen I've seen Fulton before. Uh, I forget what undercard I've seen him before. He's a, he's a nice little boxer. You know, he he he's good. He's a little he's got some skills. I mean, you know, but he's still coming up, so it's kind of like. When you when I look at fighters, I more look at at that point. I look at like okay, I look at your overall skill set, and I look at okay, 
Now, does this look translatable? Once you move, you know, move up to the next level, he's got some good little skills, you know? Now, I, that doesn't mean, you know, he get hit, you know, I don't know about his chin yet in this, in this and that, or his endurance when he's, you know, and, you know, in a hard fight. But I've seen him before. He's a good little boxer. That's why, like, a guy like Joey Spencer, for example, when I watch Joey Spencer, I'm like, this shit ain't translating to the top level, you know? That's what I mean by a guy like Joey. Like, he's got to improve a lot because what you're doing right now is in four-rounders and six-rounders and against guys that are supposed to be showcases, and you're not really showing anything and at all. If anything, you're showing more weaknesses. You're showing a lack of stamina. You're showing you don't maybe don't you don't have that type of power you think you do. So, but from what I've seen of Fulton, Fulton does have some good boxing skills. He, he you know, but I yeah. don't know uh, what what that means moving forward once he faces top guys like uh, you know the intangibles, the other you know the other parts of it that matter in winning big fights like that moving forward. But he does have good skills. No, yeah, he's definitely – I think he's pretty uh, – you know, he's a pretty skilled fighter. Um, I saw him knock a guy out. And then I think we all saw him on the Julian Williams herd undercard. He was uh, he was the fight before the Julian Williams uh, herd fight back in – back last year. So maybe that's where you saw him fight, man. Um, he's a guy they're trying to bring up on PBC, young guy. Like I said, he isn't knocking anybody out, but he is a little dude, and we're not really used to these guys knocking people out anyway, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. Another guy from Philly, you know? Yeah, another uh, Philly guy. Yeah, him and Ennis, I mean, he's not as, you know, he's not as um, hyped up as Ennis, Ennis is like the the prize guy coming up from Philly, but he's another guy from Philly that that, uh, people have talked about, like, hey, you know, he's somebody that you know, to be on the lookout for, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, you know, I thought he was pretty good, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you got to, you know, we'll see, you know, does he have the power to keep guys off? You know, does, can he take a punch? Those are the questions we're going to find out when he steps up and starts fighting for titles and stuff like that against top guys. But, I, you know, from what I've seen, he seems pretty good. He's a good little fighter. But um, I, I wanted to say something, too. Um, you know, and I meant to say this uh you know, about about Williams, um, Williams and Rosario. You know, Williams, okay, beat Hurd, went back home. This, we know how boxing works. When you win a world title, you tend, a lot of times you go back home, you do a homecoming for the fans against the guy you're supposed to beat, right? And a lot of times it's quote, we call them quote-unquote bums or whatever, show you know, showcase fights, guys that are nobodies, you know? But this is where... What Julian Williams wasn't able to do, which was win, is why we when we talk when we say like a guy like people say I'm a Golovkin hater, right? But when we people say, oh, all Golovkin did was beat bums, right? Or who S. Crawford beat? Or fill in another name of a guy where people talked about their resumes as far as like who did they beat? Who was a big name? Well. They were able to beat all these guys that were Rosarios, right? And took care of them, stopped them, beat them easy, and all, all that. So people need to remember that. When we can't have it both ways, we can't sit there and say, "Oh, damn, this dude loses to Rosario, 
Rosario was supposed to, um, and he was supposed to take care of Rosario. But then when Crawford, Golovkin, and whoever else takes care of their guys over and over and over again, oh, it was just a bum. It was a bum. He's supposed to do that. You see what I'm saying? So you also still have to be at a certain level to keep winning like that, too. There's a reason why Julian Williams isn't as good as, like, a Terrence Crawford or a Golovkin. You know what I mean? Just wanted to mention that. No, yeah. No, I feel you on that. I started the show with talking about Ivan Reddick and how I said, uh, you know, that some people might call him a bum, but, you know, nobody's really a bum when it comes to this boxing game. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, you never know what's going to happen. That's why it's always interesting in boxing, man. Um, but, yeah, Stephen Fulton, going back to Fulton, I think uh, just want to see what he's got. I think he, he might be he might have the skills. Like you said, he hasn't really been super tested. I don't know too much about this guy he's fighting. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'm interested in seeing him fight, man. So hopefully we can check it out, man. But that's uh, I think that's everything on the boxing. We got a little news to talk about. Uh, my man Canelo making a splash in the game, trying to take his boxing, his boxing game international. We're talking about, uh, you know, at first we were talking about him fighting Billy Joe Saunders uh, for a belt at uh, what is that super middleweight? But it seems like. You know, I saw I saw something with Billy Joe Saunders. He says he wasn't waiting for Canelo. Next thing you know, I see De La Hoya saying that that Billy Joe Saunders was fake news, and now they're making big time moves. They're fighting Japanese sensation Ryota Murata. Muriata. Um, I think I've seen him fight maybe once. Uh, I remember him losing to a guy, Rob Brandt, back in 2018, coming back, taking him over there to uh, Japan, knocking him out. I think the the big deal with this is, you know, Canelo and, uh, and De La Hoya are trying to make a bigger name for Canelo. They're trying to get their money's worth. The zone is trying to get their money's worth when it comes to Canelo. And <clears throat> what, what better place to do it than in Japan? Um, this guy... Uh, Morata, Muriata, I think that's how you say his name, is a big deal when it comes to the Japanese guys. Uh, he's like, you know, they're rocky. Everybody loves them out there. So the zone is trying to make moves to widen their horizon and get more subscriptions when it comes to the Japanese. Um, I'm sure, you know, we're paying 19.99 a month. Um, I'm sure in Japan they might be paying the equivalent to. $30, a month. So they're trying to get their subscriptions up. Very smart move by the Zone and Golden Boy. Get Canelo over there. Get him overseas for his uh, first overseas fight. You know, I don't think he's fought in the U.K. He's fought in Mexico. He's fought in America. But, uh, you know, he hasn't fought overseas. We saw how big the Saudi Arabian fight was with uh, Joshua Ruiz, too. We saw how big that was. I think the zone, you know, they see one thing work, they're going to keep on going. You know, we talked about it last week with the YouTube fights, how they're trying to push these YouTube fights. Uh, 
I don't know if uh, Antonio Brown's going to be fighting. I think he's, like, throwing rocks at people and doing all this crazy shit, so he might be in jail by time. But, you know, the zone, they did the YouTube fight. It was a success. They, they're pushing more YouTube fights. They did the Saudi Arabia fight. They went to, you know, this place where people aren't going a lot. Uh, the big fights aren't happening. They saw that work. Looks like they're going to Japan. And they're fighting a guy who, you know, like I said, I think he's uh, – I had his box record. This is not like he's anything special. He's 16-2. and two. He's fought at uh, middleweight, so I think this would be a, a middleweight title. And he is. Is he the WBA? Hold on. No, he's the WBA world. WBA world middleweight title. So I don't – I think that's just a fake belt that he has. So Canelo's just out here trying to – um, spread his horizons. I would rather now. Don't get me wrong. I would rather see him fight Billy Joe Saunders. Um, I would rather see him fight Andrade. I would even rather see him fight Triple G since he has a belt. I would rather see him fight Big Mall Charlo since he has a belt. I would rather see him fight all these. But I understand what the zone is doing here. They got to get their money's worth, and they believe they can sell out out there in Japan. Um, they're going to do it on May. They're trying to talk about doing it on May the 3rd, which is close to Cinco de Mayo. And with Floyd, you know, lingering around, you know, Floyd's still lingering around the boxing game. You know, they're not – they don't want to do it where, you know, Floyd might be able to take it away. They're not sure about that. So we'll see exactly what happens. But I know when it comes to me, I enjoy – everything Canelo does, and I'm not mad at this fight, which probably be some easy work for him. Go over to Japan, um, make some more fans, make some more money, and we'll get to the big fights eventually. So, uh, JP, how do you feel about this? I'm not sure if you know anything about this guy, Muriata. Like I said, I think I saw him fight uh, one time, maybe twice, um, but it wasn't anything special, man. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Just disgusting. Uh, announcement. Just disgusting, man. Yeah, it's just <laughs> disgusting. Um, I, I don't know. What, what's, what's the weight you said it's at, Willa? Or rumored to it be? Should be at, uh, one, it should be at middleweight because this guy's the WBA world middleweight champion. I think he's the regular. Oh. I think he's the regular guy. He's the regular champ? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why Canelo has sold out like this, man. Canelo obviously has no boxing integrity. Now look, I'm you know I'm Mr. Business around here, right? <clears throat> I expect guys to care some though. Canelo don't give a shit. He don't give a fuck. He about that bag. So you know it's just disgusting, man. And we're gonna you know waste good time while this guy goes into his thirty on this long ass contract and you know and his own. Maneuvers them around. It's 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 terrible. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. So yeah, he's the yeah he's the regular champion. Uh, Canelo's the super champion. Um, Sign. Uh, how much do you hate this? Um. Do I? Ha- oh man, it's like if the Kovalev fight was real and it wasn't fixed, I wouldn't hate it. You know. But we know that fight was fixed, so that's too, too, you know, 
joke fights in a row for different reasons. I always said, like, I'm not one of those guys. I understand, like, you know, people, I think people get it twisted sometimes when I talk, when me and JP go at it about the business and all that. I understand there's a business aspect. I understand Canelo is not going to fight hard fight after hard fight after hard fight after hard fight. I get that. You know, you're going to have fights in between and this and that. But if you're coming off a sixth fight and now you're going to Japan and fighting a guy that is, wouldn't even probably be in the top 10 list of guys we want him to fight. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a joke, you know, but it's, but you know, it's, it's expected at this point. Like I feel like JP is almost giving him the benefit of the doubt after giving him the benefit of the doubt after giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's been doing this since he came to America, you know, and started fighting regularly. He's been doing this for a while. The Matthew Hatton fight, the Jose Cito Lopez fight. Well, first it was the Victor Ortiz fight, but then Victor Ortiz couldn't take care of his business and got his job broken. Then it was Jose Cito Lopez. Then it was Amir Khan. I mean, he's been doing this for, I don't know why you're surprised. It's like you're almost yeah, he usually gives it. He usually gives us a good fight and then a bad fight. I mean, he usually works like that. He'll give us a good fight, then he'll give us a bad fight. He'll give us a good fight, and he'll yeah. give us a bad fight. And you can't, you can't be mad it's at that. It's been pretty bad. It's been pretty bad. No, no but you know, James Kirkland, it's been pretty bad. And after Kirkland, he fought I'm talking. Cody. I'm not even talking about the good and bad. I'm talking about the when he says how he he, he goes to the extreme with it. Like with Canelo – he will do a business move that is just an extreme business move. Like, you didn't have to fight Jose Cito. You could have fought somebody just one weight class smaller than you. But you decided, you know what, I'm going to do two. And then I'm going to double down and do it with Khan again. And you know what? I'm going to yep. fight Hatton's brother. And I'm also going to fight Kodo's brother. You know? Then I'm going to fight Kodo. Then I'm going to Fix a fight with Sergey Kovalev, who I know needs money Bad, because he got cases up his ass. You know, but before so he'll that, take he fought your boy Danny Jacobs. No, that was that was fine. That was a good fight. But but what I'm saying is he takes it he takes it to the extreme when he does it. He don't need to like okay, uh, um, who's a like who who's a, like any you can name any fighter any fighter that takes a quote unquote you know, fight in between a, you know, a business, you know, a fight for a business or whatever, they might do it. And we kind of know what it is. You know what I mean? But it's like with him, he takes it to the absolute extreme when he don't have to do it. Or maybe he does have to do it. I don't know. I mean, I've never been impressed. I told well, I wouldn't say I've never been impressed. I've never been impressed against, with him against an elite fighter. I told you the most impressed I've ever been with Canelo was against Liam Smith, who's not an elite fighter. But besides that, I just haven't been impressed, you know? But, you know, it's just, I don't, I, I'm like, JP, like, I know you, you know, you're, you, I know you know your stuff, you know what I mean? I know you've been watching Canelo for a while. Why are you so surprised that he's doing this? This is what he, this is who he is, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we know I think this is going to new levels, man. This Kovalev and this is new levels. You know, he just gave us Triple G and stuff like that. But this fielding, this Kovalev and this fucking, this guy, 
It's just getting but, out but, of hand. But tell the truth. No, but look. He, but, oh, yeah, thank you for reminding me. He was the WBC champion, and he, uh, what's his name, was the, the interim champion, uh, Golovkin, and he dropped the belt, which we all know dropping a belt is a no-no. That's ducking. Same with, same with Derevchenko, uh, Triple G. Triple G was ducking. Dropped the belt, right? So he drops the belt, and all of a sudden, finally decides to fight him when he gets exposed and barbecued by Danny Jacobs. Got his ribs barbecued. So, you know what I'm saying? Jacobs said they were tasty. You know what I'm saying? Had them on the grill. You know what I mean? So, my point is, it's not like he just took the fight when we wanted him to take the fight. That was actually about a year and a half, two years, you know, later. So, my, I mean, like, it's, I'm surprised that you are surprised. This is who he is. You know? You know, I, I'm just like I'm. I can't believe that you're like surprised that he's doing this. You know? Yeah, I, but, I like Canelo, man. I still think he. And I'm surprised because he's so good too. Because he could actually fight and possibly beat all of these guys. So it's just no need. It's yeah. unnecessary to go this far. But he sold out, man. He's completely. They gotta. They gotta out. make their money, though. Yeah, the money part, that's it. Yeah, the contracts they're throwing out, yeah. They got to start finding some ways to make up. And that's another thing. I think they they overestimated the type of draw he is, you know? Like, he's a draw, but he's not – I think they thought they could, like, make the revenue that Floyd would make. I think they looked at the contract – because if you notice, the contract was – you know, it was a longer contract because Canelo – was younger when he signed the contract and when Floyd signed his six-fight deal with Showtime. But it's pretty similar with the terms, like the money and the guarantees. I think they viewed it like they looked at that contract and said, okay, we're going to put a couple more fights more on it because of his age. And we're going to, you know, we're going to do what we what um, Floyd did. Showtime did with Floyd, but he's not like, he's not the draw Floyd is. You know what I mean? Like, and it showed with you know, the fights he's had since he's uh, gotten there. I mean, there's been, you know, there's been some buzz to it. It's not been, it's not been you know, but I felt more of a, it seemed like the crowd was more alive for the, for the YouTubers when they fought, you know, than Canelo Alvarez. I mean, I don't nope, know, man, nope. but, but you, you know, but you, but that ain't even the worst contract they signed. You give a 37 year old a six fight contract for a hundred million dollars. Knowing he shot, you deserve to lose money. You know? The contracts they've been throwing out, I mean, I mean, for real. That might be that might have to be a show me and you do one day. You know I don't like talking business too much, but we can talk that type of business. Like, how are they coming up with this money? How are they gonna are they gonna be able to actually live up to their contra- contractual uh, demands that they or you know obligations that they gave these guys because I don't see how they're making money right now for real mm-hmm. like who wants the zone who's the who, who you know what I'm saying I cancel my like, it's, it's I mean for real like who, who owns the zone how much is the person that owns the zone how much they worth you know what I'm saying like how are how are they legitimately going to be paying this type of money for real you know, 
So far, hey, they've been getting through. But with trying to ask, you know, the Amazon analogy, you know, Amazon didn't make no money for the first ten years, so they they're they're adding that to the to the think pot of what the zone is currently. But yeah, they're they're hemorrhaging money. But my bad, one. No, no, what I no 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 big deal, man. Uh, what I was saying is this guy Muriata was a uh, 2012 gold medalist in the uh, Olympic gold medalist. So he's supposed to be some big thing. They're thinking they can get, you know, millions. They can get millions of uh, views over there in Japan. So this is just a money grab for the zone. Um, and it, like you said, with them paying 30, what is he getting? 30 millions, 32 million a, a fight. They've got to make their money. You ain't going to make that. You ain't going to get millions of views with Billy Joe Saunders, Andrade, or Charlo. You ain't going to get that. So before you get that, let's yeah, go ahead sure. and get this money. Go over to Japan. This guy's supposed to be the big deal, and they think they can get they can get some subscriptions. At least maybe not, you know, maybe not yearly subscriptions, but they can get it for a month, you know. So we'll see how that goes. But I feel you. I'll, be, ve- I'll be very interested to see uh, if I'll be very interested to see if the fight is at 160, or do they just make it at a catchweight? Because him and his team have made it. They made it. They kind of seen even before the fight with Kovalev, they kind of made it pretty clear like hey the likelihood of him going back down to 160 is like slim to none especially when they were asked about guys like Andrade and like Simba so yeah. if they don't if they fight Murata at 160 that's that's like I mean okay that's cool get your little fight in with Murata but I expect you to fight Andrade or you know, Simba or shoot, maybe even Golovkin. If Golovkin. I mean, we know what's going to happen with Golovkin in this joke fight. What I keep saying about Golovkin, he fights an elite fighter. He doesn't come close to knocking him out. And then he fights a, you know, lower level guy. He gets a knockout. Everybody says, he's mad. He's back. He's a killer. He's going to go right back to fighting an elite guy and not coming close to stopping him. And that's what's going on right now with his mandatory he's fighting. But, yeah. If I if he fights Murata next at 160, I need to see him unify with somebody next. No excuses. Yeah, most definitely at 160. Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn said they gave Charlo. You know, they sent Charlo a number for the Canelo fight too, and he didn't accept it. So you know, I don't know if I'm believing. Is that, that. a duck? That's what. I mean, if he didn't accept duck? it, yeah, because he called him out. Unless the number was just trash. You know, he's been calling out Canelo's. I, you know, I don't know what to believe. You know, they said they. They said they gave him a number for for Andrade, so they gave him a number for Andrade and Canelo, and he said no to both of them. I don't know if I believe that, man. But you know, that's Eddie Hearn. We'll hear what he says, man. But to wrap it up real quick, man, want to see what y'all's thoughts is. You know, the guy that was the upset, he he had the upset, and he was the most upsetting guy of the year last year. Andy Ruiz Jr. You know, coming off. A year of a roller coaster year where he won heavyweight unification match against Anthony Joshua as the upset of the year, upset of the decade, maybe the upset of all upsets when it comes to boxing. To lose it, come in overweight, sloppy, looking sick against um, Joshua in the second fight out there in a big, big platform uh, fight in Saudi Arabia. 
with the whole world watching to come up very short, very short like his arms. But, uh, you know, after the fight, his trainer was there with him. Uh, Manny Robles was there with him, you know, saying that he wouldn't listen to him, wouldn't listen to anybody. You know, Andy Ruiz Jr. said that, you know, it was his fault. He wasn't listening. He was partying too hard. Things are going to change. It seems like it seems like the thing that's going to change is that he got rid of his trainer, Manny Robles, who got him there. And uh, he's looking to maybe get Teddy Atlas is what I'm, what I think I read that he's looking to get Teddy Atlas, um, you know, to get in there. A guy, Teddy Atlas, a guy who, who does he have this fight? He had ghost. Uh, he had uh, whatever my man's name is that fought better be. He had him. He came up short. I think I saw him, not too long ago coming up short. Uh, but it seems like Al Heyman told from what from what I read, Al Heyman told Andrew Ruiz Jr., we ain't having that shit again. You need to get uh, get your step your game up, get rid of your trainer, get a new trainer. Um, Sam, do you think Teddy Atlas will be able to help Andrew Ruiz Jr. get back up to the top, or you think that was just that lightning in the bottle that he caught that one time and we'll never see him in championship fights again? I didn't even – wow. I mean, I heard that he uh, parted ways, so it's official he's with Teddy Atlas now? No, no. I think it was – he's having a meeting with Teddy Atlas. He's meeting with Teddy Atlas. Hey, I'll, hey look. Hey, that that would be a good – I mean, I think I, – I think he's a hopeless individual as far as, like, I think he is what he is. I think he's a talented kid, but I just think he – you know, when it comes to discipline and work ethic, I just think that's a mindset. Like. It's something that's hard, you know, to to just install in somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like it's got to be installed early in life, and you either have it or you don't. At that, especially at this age, I think at this age you kind of who you are, who you are. It's hard to like flip the switch. But if there is one guy that uh, could do it, it would be a guy like Teddy, because Teddy's the type like it's it's my show, you know, like it, you know I'm the coach, so it's gonna be my way, or I'm just not gonna work with you, like. Teddy's the type will pick up his stuff and just go back home. He ain't tripping. So if that's the guy, I think that's pretty good. I, I, I don't know too much about Robles. I know he's worked with some he's lost He's lost a few fighters, I know. He used to have uh, Brazil. Brazil left to, uh, you know, Virgil Hunter. It didn't look like it helped him against Wilder. Um, I think he used to be with Valdez. And Valdez went to Oscar Valdez, and I believe he and Valdez went to um, Canelo's trainer. But uh, – yeah, I mean, I don't know him as a personality-wise. I don't know if he's a little bit too uh, nice with Ruiz. Ruiz is the type of guy you got to crack the whip, you know, if you're going to get anything out of him. So Teddy could do that. But uh, my, me personally, I just think Ruiz is what he is, man. I mean, you, I mean, you, you, were, you had three belts. You had the world at your fingertips, dog. And all you had to do, and you had six months to prepare for a rematch that you knocked the man out and was obviously kind of mentally weak going into the rematch. And all you had to do was just stay in shape and just basically do the same thing you did the first time. And you couldn't get yourself motivated enough to for that fight. Man, that tells me all I need to know about your character, man. You know, who you are as a man, like, you know what 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 drives you in life you know what i mean so i don't think that's anything that anybody could change but ruiz himself but if there's anybody that i would hire 
to try to do it, Teddy Atlas would definitely be top five on my list for sure. Yeah, most definitely. It seems like what they were saying is, you know, they needed somebody to control him. Uh, Robles was at the thing saying he couldn't control him, saying his dad couldn't control him. And like you said, Teddy Atlas is going to, you know, you're going to do it his way or he'll walk out on your ass. So, yeah, they're supposed to be meeting with uh, Teddy Atlas next week to see if, uh, you know, he'll become their trainer, man. Uh, JP, man, going to end it off. How do, how do you see this? Uh, do you think that's a good idea for Ruiz Jr.? you think this will set him back up for, you know, for championship prestige? You know, normally I'd be all in favor of anything Teddy Atlas. <clears throat> but when you really think about it, man, it seems to me that it's become apparent that people like the idea of Teddy Atlas until you finally got fucking full Teddy Atlas to deal with every day. Another thing, where do we get this reverence for Atlas from? So I'm sure I'm missing something here. But since Mike Tyson and some other failed attempts that I know of recently, like, you know, Bulge Dick, whatever we want to call him, um, that failed attempt and this failed attempt with Tim Bradley, who he was kind of never able to get over the hump, it had to be somebody else. But I don't know who Teddy, um, you know, made a champion and had some kind of kind of a tenured run with. Um, this has become obvious. Well, he had uh, like, and like Michael this. Grant, Briggs, Michael Moore. He had, you know, he was a heavyweight guy. Hmm. That was a long time you ago. You know, and then and then yeah, and JP, come on, man, listen, listen, JP. Nobody picked Gavozic to win that fight but me. Everybody thought he was going to go up to Canada and get knocked the fuck out by Adonis. So it wasn't a failure. They just lost to a oh, savage beast. And everybody would lose. Every, but everybody Adonis picked him to shot. win, except for me. I was telling people to vote. See, that's the thing. You pick, but, but that's the thing. You can't have it both ways. People thought he was going to lose, and then when he wins, oh, the guy was shot. But this is the thing. Losing to – no shame in losing to Better Beef. Everybody's going to lose to Better Beef, dude. Who's going to yeah, be Better Beef yeah. at 175? I'm just saying, I don't know why we – Canelo. And, and it, when you look at the relationships <laughs> with these fighters, man, it, it's like uh, who's a, a coach that's similar to – it's just one of these guys that you're, you get hot really quick and then it just burns out fast, like Jim Harbaugh or, or you know, some of these dudes like that. But it, it seems to me that people love – I agree with you on that. Yeah. You're right. I'm not saying – I'm not talking technically, bro. I'm not talking technical yeah. skills, working on defense. I'm saying if there's a guy that can come into the gym and be like, or be like, hey, these are the rules, uh, Andy. You ain't doing it your way. We're going to get up and run at this time. You're going to do this, this, and that. And if you're not, then I ain't going to be here. I'm saying some guys aren't willing to act like, for example, people, you said reverence, right? Who, who's a trainer that gets a lot of reverence? Uh, Freddie Roach, right? Freddie Roach don't even crack the whip. Remember how he was sitting around waiting on Tyvon Jr.? I'm just talking about the personality part. I'm just talking about the personality part. Teddy, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, like, big on him. Like, I'm not saying he's this trainer, he's that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a guy that can actually try to light a fire. But I I said it myself. I don't believe it's going to happen. But I said if there's a guy that fits that profile, it is a guy like Teddy. 
And that's that's what we would typically think. But I think it's become apparent, man. Um, Teddy is way overbearing. It seems like people, we and myself included, fall in love with the personality on TV of Teddy Atlas. I don't know that any of those fighters had ever trained for periods. I, I believe Andrew Ruiz. I don't believe Andrew Ruiz has ever trained with Teddy Atlas. I believe Andrew Ruiz loves the personality and the character that we see on TV, and it looks cool. We go into the fire. We're firefighters. That's supposed to fire fire up the troops, right? You're supposed to want to run through a wall. But I think if you got to hear that fucking shit every fucking day with this weirdo with with just screaming at you three inches from your face who's overbearing and OCD about this shit and you're a millionaire, I don't think you could. It just burns out fast. And maybe it's suitable for a certain guy, but I just think for most people, and if you put that type of fiery coach who likes to get in today's athlete's face, that shit don't work, man. The guys who who are winning today kind of know how to finesse shit. You know what I mean? And kind of are known to be players' coaches or something like that. Most of the trainers going on in boxing, they're nothing like Teddy Atlas. And, you know, in the 80s, in the early 90s, wherever Atlas was doing that work, you know, the money wasn't like it is. I think the thing, the the landscape changes when people, you're dealing with, you're trying to yell out a millionaire. You know what I mean? Rather than a dude try to sit on a a couple hundred thousand and he has you know, so that's just my thoughts on that. Man, I love him. I love his personality. But when you watch his YouTube show, you get a glimpse at, like, damn, this dude is fucking, like, OCD about this shit. Like, way over into the dark world about some boxing. So that's my, my thoughts on it. No, yeah, I think man. That push. was a good uh, – I like that Jim Harbaugh thing, man, that Jim Harbaugh comparison. And, you know, yeah. And, like, I think, um, you know, I think uh, – I'm not saying he's like that, but I feel like that's kind of how I feel about Pete Carroll. Like, I feel like he comes in and he can, like, change your program, you know, and you'll for the first part. But then I think overall that whole, like, you know, rallying the troops and, you know, all that, like, I think it wears off after a little bit because guys are kind of like, okay, well, what else do you got to bring to the table? You know what I mean? And I think uh, that's that's the case with, uh, um, you know, with, 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 Teddy, I could see that. You know, you could bring that up with like, like take, you know, uh, Willa, hometown Houston Rockets, right? You look at basketball wise. You look at Chris Paul versus Russell Westbrook, right? You would say, of course, you would want to play with a guy like Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook, right? Basketball wise, IQ, just overall style of play. Who would you rather be a teammate of, right? But then when you start getting into the personality, right? Chris Paul, he tends to rub you the wrong way, and he wears on you. You know what I mean? With his personality. personality. It's well known he likes to yell at his teammates. The way he, It's not the message he puts out. It's the way he relays the message, you know? So yeah. guys just get tired of it, you know? And, you know, it is what it is. So I, I totally agree with you on that one, man. Uh, yeah, that, no, yeah. The personality guys, yeah. I'm with JP 100%. That was a good call on that one. You know, today, these day and age, it's, it's a new athlete. They're making more money. They're bigger. You know, they're almost bigger than the sport. And no, you know, guy that's got 10, 11 plus million in the bank wants to hear you scream at him all day. 
Um, so you got to be more of a player's coach. And Teddy Atlas is far from that. That's why he's got, you know, these foreign guys, um, you know, that like Goldsmith and I think Pavekin is one of his guys. Now, I think he had somebody else. I remember seeing him not too long ago. But, uh, you know, Teddy Atlas, we'll see. Ruiz, Teddy Atlas is what Ruiz needs. Will Ruiz take that? You know, and it might not last that long. Maybe he just needs to feel it for a couple of fights and he'll be able to, you know, back off a little bit but still, you know, keep that focus in training but not have nobody scream at you. But like Sam said, if anybody, I'm not sure if he can do it, but if anybody can do it, um, Teddy Atlas would be the type of coach that you need. Sometimes you need that guy screaming in your face. You know, it ain't going to last long. But every now and then you just need your ass for uh, for a camp or two, and then you can get out of there, man. And I think that's, uh, you know, from what I read, Al Heyman is making, you know, made him make the call to fire this coach. So Al Heyman might be saying, hey, man, if you want to stick around, this is what you need to do. You need to call Teddy Atlas. So we'll see how it goes, man. Great point by JP, man. And I think that's how we're going to end it. Like I always say, man, appreciate my boy Sam coming on, talking with us. Appreciate RC, you know, even though he was a little tipsy today, got on, got to talk about his boy Danny Jacobs, man. And uh, all, uh, like always, appreciate my boy Heavy Handed Jay with the Relatively Fat and Black podcast, man. You got anything going on for uh, before the Super Bowl, man? Yeah, man. Tomorrow night, I'm going to see if, uh, if we can do it, man. If y'all can hang out with the boy, I'm going to try to get it in tomorrow night for sure. All right, well, there you have it, man. Y'all look out for that. Y'all look out for us again on Sunday. Uh, You know, hopefully we'll hear from that boy, RC. Uh, If not, we'll be in the building regardless, and we'll check y'all out next time, man. Outside this Boxing Podcast midweek show, we out. Peace.